Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Amit Mand. Welcome to our YouTube channel. I'm going to recap the Raptors 112.99 win in their first preseason game. Yes, I am aware that it was a few days ago, but if you've been following our channel, you know that I was in BC for training camp over the past, uh, you know, for four or five days and um, I got back. It was Thanksgiving, didn't actually watch the game. So I figured I may as well do a recap anyways, because then there's not another game until Sunday. And also things are pretty new and exciting with the Raptors right now. So why not talk about them? Because this was a fun game, right? As I said, they went 112 Um, Oh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, please. Thanks. Appreciate that. So yes, the game, um, the Raptors, 96.6 per 100 possessions in the half court. That is a slight uptick compared to their half court offense this past season. 32 free throws along with 24 made, 30 assists on 39 made field goals, 34% from three, 62.9 true shooting percentage, 29 turnovers and 29 fouls. Let's talk about the offense and we'll get to the other parts um, as we, we go here. But uh, overall, one third of their shots came from the rim. And uh, they shot 16 to 24, 66% from there, 61% in the short mid-range. They shot 11 of 18. Um, they were getting to the rim, which was a great sign because this team really struggled to get there this past season. Obviously, a lot of it was in transition. But as a whole, you could tell that the team, they're they're buying into this Darko system. I think they're having a lot of fun with it. I love the tempo they were playing with. They were cutting hard. They were passing fast. They were making quick decisions. The tempo was really good to see. Um, and with Darko, I mean, he wants the buy-in and at training camp, you could tell that as soon as we left the mess of media day, the players, they're in their habitat, they're in the gym, they're working hard. They were smiling. They were having fun. I think he's getting the buy-in that we we're hoping for from a new coach. And that was obviously great to see. I love the pace that they're playing with. They're pushing off misses nonstop. And this is where the idea of having four ball handlers and then obviously a center comes into play. It doesn't matter who gets the rebound. It doesn't matter who's ahead as long as it's not Yaka Pirtle. You pass it ahead, you get the ball down the floor. And that's a great sign for the Toronto Raptors. Um, 29 turnovers. With that, when several different people are in new positions, uncomfortable positions, um, they're having to use different skill sets, the turnovers are going to come. So that's why you're going to see a Gary Trent Jr. with five turnovers, a Chris Boucher, is dribbling down, is dribbling the ball down the floor. You got Pascal Siakam, Odinanobi, um, Scotty Barnes, Dennis Schroeder. All these guys are acclimating on the fly to a new system, and also they're learning about each other. So I'm not surprised that there were a lot of turnovers in this game. Um, I think it's actually a good indication that they're trying to play a fast pace. They're trying to make quick decisions, and with that, there's going to be some turnovers. The Raptors, they were one of the low turnover teams um, in the NBA last year, and I, I don't think that's going to be the case this upcoming season just because of their style of basketball, which is okay. Um, because if it's conducive to a better half-court offense, I think we'd all agree that's a good thing to have. But 
once they, you know, they got past half court, you know, especially if um, they were coming off of a make, um, I loved how fast they were getting into their half court offense. It was a lot of drag screens. There was plays where you have Gary Trent Jr. Seemingly just minding his own business on the end line. And all of a sudden, boom, he's flashing into the middle. That young is uh, setting a screen for him. He's getting the ball and he's, he's getting the Raptors an advantage um, on, on the offense. And now they're getting the, the Kings in rotation. These are good positive signs because you want to see them playing with more detail more pace, obviously, but more focus on the offensive end. And I think we were seeing that and going through some of the plays that they were running. I mean, it was a lot of empty side stuff, which again is great for a Pascal Siakam, a Scotty Barnes, a OG Ananobi. You want them going downhill in space. Um, that wasn't always the case this past season. Nick, he did have moments where he was using empty corner stuff, empty side stuff, but it wasn't uh, necessarily a principle within the offense. But I think it's going to be there with Darko this upcoming season. We saw the high post, uh, high post system, Yaka Pertle, Thad Young, uh, Chris Boucher, geez, Mohamedou Gay. All these guys were having had the ball in their hands in the high post, and they had cutters going around them. And um, the good thing about running a DHO kind of style of offense is that um, it's less predictable. Right. So if you're running a high pick and roll, everyone knows it's going to be a high pick and roll. But with a dribble handoff, you could make it into a dribble handoff. It could be a, a pick and roll. You can make, make some some decisions on the fly with it. And I think the Raptors need more options with their with their half court offense. Um, and we saw that in this preseason game. It wasn't just they were in one action and it was all, all of a sudden ISO basketball. They were running more plays. It was multiple actions. They were trying new things. If it resulted in nothing. Okay, let's swing to the corner. Now Yakupertle go screen for uh, OG Ananobi on the wing, or you know what, Yakupertle take the ball, dribble towards OG Ananobi, and now he's going to take the ball. He's going to head downhill. He's going to kick it out, and maybe there's a shot there. Uh, they were constantly moving, and I like the the three man game they're running in a lot of cases because they would have guys in the corners, but then up top um, they're running some horns, cross screens. Uh, they're running some flares. They were running um, a lot of different, a lot of fun stuff between uh, those three players at times. And again, it's just more options for this team. And um, we saw them run some Spain pick and roll. We saw them run some staggers, uh, some, some pinch posts. We, we saw some delay and get actions with their, their bigs. And um, also, contributing to the pace that they're running. It's the drag screens in transition. Um, it's just a, it's a fantastic way to keep teams on their heels and the Raptors were doing that. And I just loved seeing it. These are positive signs for their offense and it's confirming what we thought was going to be the case that this is going to be a very different looking half court offense. But let's, let's look at um, some of the players specifically. Uh, Jakob Pertl. So, I mean, he, his impact on the game wasn't robust. I mean, he had what, uh, four points, five rebounds, two assists. But um, I think with him, he's he's ran, you know, DHOs and been a playmaker, a playmaker hub already with the San Antonio Spurs, um, with the Raptors, along with learning this system, along with understanding how to use, how to advantageize his uh, his teammates. It's going to take some time, but the, their playmaking uh, chops are definitely there. There was a case where um, he was running a pick and roll with uh, Dennis Schroeder and Jakob slipped. He's in space now around the free throw line and Jalen McDaniels, he's curling around the baseline and uh, Jakob found him. And then there are other cases where actually it was again, Jalen McDaniels, where he cuts back door, Jakob finds him, it draws a foul. He's going to pick this up pretty quickly. And there's only growth going to happen from Jakob Pertl and Dennis Schroeder in the pick and roll. It's not perfect, you know, because we don't have the the pull-up threat necessarily from De Dennis Schroeder, although I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Um, but I think 
we'll we'll see their chemistry improve. And when you have the the smarts of a Jakob Pertl and you have the smarts of a Dennis Schroeder along with his his uh his uh his speed and his ability to you know cut back door, um the Raptors, they do seemingly are making an effort to keep the paint open to keep under the basket open. So when you have that, there's always an avenue for a Dennis Schroeder to get get downhill. Um, and that's going to be a, a good uh, release valve for for this team and uh, as we go in the season. But uh, can Jakob Pertl create some offense for himself? That's going to be another thing too. As a DHO hub, um, you have to be able to be a scoring threat too. And that's why we're seeing him, you know, take some shots from the elbows, some some shots. He's taking some drives towards the rim sometimes. Um, he's going to need to do that to keep defenses honest. Uh, look at no further than what the the Warriors did with Sabonis this past uh, postseason. They just left him out there at the at the elbow, and uh, he wasn't able to convert on these opportunities. And that just can't happen. Um, it's going to get you caught at some point. So. Uh, let's uh, let's see what Jakob can do with it. Moving to Jill McDaniels and Chris Boucher, because I think they're almost like a yin and yang kind of situation here. Um, I love the fit of Jill McDaniels from the get-go. And uh, Chris Boucher, I mean, he's one of the best cutters on the team already. But for both of them, the question is, are they going to be able to hit their, their threes, obviously? And also, you know, can they just be like that consistent source of energy? And uh, during the scrimmage, I saw Chris Boucher, he was hitting a few threes, he had like three threes, um, and also in drills, um, you know, he's working with Pascal Siakam, Jeff Devin Jr., Ron Harper, Ron Harper Jr., and Chris is winning some of these three-point drills. Um, so it seems like he got in the lab, and uh, I'm hoping that he has a great three-point shooting season. It may be an unorthodox stroke, but uh, he's shooting at a pretty good clip right now. He made one um, in this game against the Kings, and as I said in the, in the scrimmage, he was everywhere. Um, he had a great scrimmage. He, I think he had two or three threes at least, and he was cutting. He was offensive rebounding. And Jalen McDaniels, he is an instant fit on this on this Raptors team. Um, he had a, a relocation three um, off the ball that I uh, thought was really nice. Um, and also, he's uh, a great offensive rebounder. He's got a floater, which is really cool that uh, he's going to be able to use um, in some of those tight windows around the rim because he is able to get downhill a little bit. He's able to pass the ball. And so if he isn't able to get to the rim in that short mid-range area, that floater is going to become really handy for him. Um, I love his game. He had three offensive rebounds in this one. And it's different from how the Raptors attacked offensive rebounding last season because it seems like he's more watching the ball and he's looking at the trajectory and he's He's pinpointing where it's going to go. And then he goes and gets it. And he's able to get a few easy easy baskets. I think he's going to be a constant off the bench. I think he's going to be a constant piece off the bench. He's going to be a release for for a few players, an OG, a Pascal. He's going to help them get, uh, get keep their minutes down because of how reliable he's going to be in his role. So I, uh, I'm enjoying those two. Definitely. I mean, the Raptors, I've talked about it. They're going to have much better depth this upcoming season. And those two uh, are going to be at the center of it, off the bench. Moving to OG and Anobi, there isn't too much to say about OG. Um, he's just, it's, it's kind of similar to Pascal too. Like those are two guys who kind of know what they're going to be offering the Raptors. And um, they're both pretty comfortable in their roles. And they've been around the league for a little while. As Pascal Siakam said, I'm a hooper. I love watching basketball. I love playing basketball. They've seen a lot, done a lot. So I don't have any issues with how they're going to adapt to this system. I think they're both extremely smart players and they're going to find their way. Uh, OG had a nice uh, hit, a nice uh, sidestep three on the second quarter. That that was, I mean, good to see. It's uh, he was on balance, and that's been one of his problems over his career. Is can he maintain his balance on his shots, and when he's you know driving, can he pull up for two and be um, on an even playing field? And uh, 
that was a good sign for for OG. But again, these are early early stages for him. Um, I don't doubt that he's going to find cutting windows. I don't doubt that he's going to rebound. Um, he was he was getting downhill a little bit, and uh, he had a nice drive on uh, Trey Lyles, and also he was doing the early work. And Scotty Barnes, uh, which we'll get to in a second, he was rewarding him. You know, early post ups, get a seal, and just get yourself a, an easy bucket. Um, good stuff. And Pascal, I mean, point five basketball. He knows how to do it, and he was making quick decisions. Uh, he did he did miss two threes, um, which you know we'll see how his three point shot goes this this season. But there's no doubt in my mind he's going to keep on making the right decision. And uh, it was good to see him have some more energy on the defensive end. Um, one thing that was talked about this past season: the slippage in his defense. And I think because of the resume that he has, I think there's reason to believe that it's just, it was uh, the reps that he was getting offensively, the hub he had to be um, often star players do rest on the off on the defensive end a little bit because of uh, the toll that it takes for them to be an offensive hub. And um, considering how demanding the Raptor system was, I think it took again, a toll on Pascal Siakam, but I don't doubt we're going to see a much better season from him on the defensive end. And uh, this was a good start for him. Moving to Dennis Schroeder. So Dennis, I mean, people have their opinions on whether or not he should be the starting point guard. I felt like it, he should be um, because I think if the Raptors want to win games, I think he puts he puts you in the best position to win games because you do need a game manager. Yes, there's a, there's a lack of shooting in the starting lineup as it currently stands, but you need a game manager. You need someone who's got a great feel for the game and also someone who can distribute the ball. You want Scotty Barnes to improve his scoring ability. Um, we know he can be, he can, he has point guard tendencies. Um, he calls himself, you know, uh, his favorite player is magic Johnson. Like I get it. He, he has that pedigree within him. Also at the same time, if he wants to be the best version of himself, which may be a point guard, he's got to be able to score the ball better and more efficiently and from different spots on the court. And I think Dennis is going to help him do that. Uh, he, he said, um, during one of his availabilities at training camp that I'm going to push Scotty, but at the same time, you know, I've been impressed with how he's worked in training camp. So you're, you want someone that's going to help Scotty develop, get him to the right spots, um, help him be successful. And I think Dennis is going to do that because from everything I'm seeing, he's a great communicator with the team. He's a willing passer. Um, he's great in transition, which the Raptors are obviously going to be, it's going to be one of the pillars of the Raptors offense is getting on transition, um, running off misses. And you want Dennis with the ball in his hand. So that way, a Scotty, a Pascal, uh, an OG, they can finish the ball. And uh, I loved some of the passes that he was making. You know, he had this cross-court pass to OG in semi-transition. That was great. Um, he saw that, you know, OG had a mismatch at one point and he, he found him. And then there was another play where he saw Pascal had a mismatch, um, but he just wasn't able to get get the ball to him. And then the clock was winding down. And again, this is another advantage of Dennis Schroeder is that he can get downhill anytime he wants. Provided the spacing is there and uh, it was late shot clock and he just beat his man. He drew a foul, but then he went to Pascal afterwards and saying, probably saying something to the effect of, I was trying to get the ball to you when it wasn't there. They dapped up and they moved on. He's going to be a great addition for, for this team from a leadership perspective on court, off court, the pick and roll with Jakob. I think their chemistry is just going to get better and better. And uh, it could be potent in some ways. I think his three point shot is going to be better than people are giving him credit for. Um, uh, you know, usually players that are more on ball, that got the hands that got, they got their hands on the ball more. They tend to do a little bit better with their three point shot just because they got the feel, the flow, and he's going to be able to be a starting point guard. You know, how many minutes he plays is it could be on the 30 minutes area, um, depending on game by game, but he's going to have the ball in his hands more. And 
usually players do shoot the ball better when they got that feel. And I think he's going to have that feel. And I have no doubt that Darko, you know, when he was signed to the Raptors, that he told them, we're going to need you to hit some threes and you got to hit them at a decent clip. And I think I'm confident that he's going to be able to hit the, the open shots at a fairly high efficiency this upcoming season. It may not have a lot of variety as three point shot, but can he just like hit some of those threes on, on unders on pick and rolls? Can he hit the open catch and shoot threes? You know, those kinds of things. I think he'll have a bit of a rebound three point shooting season compared to his previous year with the, with the Lakers. All right. Now Gary Trent jr. Um, this system is made for someone like him with his skill set. You know, 0.5 basketball, be able to pull up from anywhere inside the three-point line, well, in the three-point line. And uh, he's going to be challenged with his ball handling skills, with his playmaking skills. You know, I, I mentioned earlier, he had five turnovers. He was running he was running pick and roll a little bit. He was hitting some floaters in the pick and roll. He was snaking a little bit and getting the defender on his back. And then he was uh, executing off of it. He's going to be able to get his opportunities. Like if he's going to be in the six-man role, he's coming in. And when he did come in, into this game um he was ready to shoot they're running plays for him um and it seems like he's got a bit of a, a giddy up in his step right now he was, he was getting downhill a little bit penetrating the basket the passing is where you want to see some improvement being able to find his, his teammates and uh, just being aware of where uh, where his surroundings are and uh, having a spatial awareness of the court and you know understanding plays at a different level where it's not just where he should be he knows where his teammates are going to be he's able to execute off of that but five free throws, it's a good indication. He had moments last season where he was getting to the free throw line. And uh, I think that's the best version of him. I mean, he shot what? It was uh, seven of 12. He had three threes. So he had four field goals made that weren't threes. Um, these are good indications for for Gary Trent. And uh, he shot really well in the scrimmage from three. Um, he had some really nice shots, uh, really quick catch and shoots. And uh, it seems like that's going to continue, at least hopefully. And he's going to need to do that too. He's going to have to have a great shooting season, but these other skills too are going to help him be an even bigger factor in the offense. But if we're talking, you know, coming off pin downs or coming off staggers or, you know, running in transition, leaking out, um, filling in lanes along three-point line, all this kind of stuff, like this is stuff that he's going to have to do. And I, I hope that he has a rebound season because we all know then that's contract year for him. Um, he's going to be able to cut in and out of space really well and relocate. And uh, if he does all these things, like he could have a, a very impactful role this season with the Raptors, more so than he's already projected to to have um, under this system, which is kind of made for his skill set. Uh, Scotty Barnes now. Let's move to Scotty. <clears throat> I mean, he's been he's been great so far. I, I love that he ha- he shot seven free throws. The way he's pushing the ball. It's so good for the Raptors. It's so good for his play style. Um, I was getting like, when I was watching him, I was getting like little vibes of Giannis in his early days um, in the sense that he had at some point, you know, Giannis had teams just backpedaling constantly. Like as soon as a miss happens, uh, he's coming down the court and he's coming down your throat and uh, you saw you saw everyone on the other team, like they're getting back because he's just a load to, to deal with. Now, Scotty may not have the brute physicality that Giannis has, but I can see him getting to that point where he's so cerebral that if you don't pick him up with, you know, two guys or if you don't negate those edges he's trying to find, he's going to find the open man or he's going to create positive offense for the Raptors in transition. And uh, this has been, he's been great steps for him. Like uh, he had that play against JaVale McGee. It was a pick and roll with, um, with Yach and he just turned the corner and he dunked it with his left, his right hand on the left side. And like that kind of burst, we didn't, I don't think we saw that as much this past season. So 
the the shape he's in, he says that he's in great shape, you know, 240 pounds. He's running all the time. His cardio is right. It seems like he, he's stronger. I think um, these are really good signs for, for Scotty, for his uh, ability to just be a menace for the other team in transition. And then, you know, he had a couple of threes in the, the scrimmage. Um, he had three, I believe. And uh, there's some catch and shoots there from around the wing. This game, he shot uh, 0 of 2 from 3. But wherever that gets to is wherever it gets to. But we're going to see him with the ball in his hands a lot. He's obviously still such a smart player. He's finding his teammates. He's uh, making these very sweet dump-off passes and transition. But also, you know, he's finding an OG um, post-up, you know, down low. Or he's finding Pascal. Or he's finding that cutter. And... These are going to be great opportunities for him to expand his game. You know, we've been looking for that rebound year from, from Scotty, um, a big year three. We probably are going to get something to that effect, I think, because he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Like he was second on the team in usage this this in this game. And actually, Gershwin Jr. was the highest usage, usage player of all of them. Um, interesting enough. And yeah, I want to see him throw his weight around a little bit. You know, be a problem for teams in transition and also in empty side stuff. Like you have the talent to face up and I want to see him, you know, post up, face up to show us um, all that you can, all you can do on the offensive end at the same time, be a playmaker and rebounder. And uh, this is a great opportunity for him to just show off his massive skill set. Wrapping up in a minute here. So Malachi Flynn, I don't have too much to say about him, but I just want to point out that, you know, he had 19 minutes, shot one of six. Get five five assists, uh, three turnovers, which is fine. But um, right now he's getting, you know, backup point guard minutes. But also Scott is getting point guard minutes, so we'll have to see how that shakes out as preseason goes on. But um, I think he's going to get a legit opportunity to find his himself a rotation spot. And you got to factor in that you know we can we can say that he's had a lot of chances under the Nick Nurse regime, and he has. But no management office wants to be wrong about a player they draft. Um, so this is an opportunity for him to restart and also for the Raptors to kind of restart with him too, a new coach. And let's see if he can, he can make this, this stretch happen um, where he's able to, you know, show what he can do under a, nif- a different coach, right? Uh, how it's going to go, it's going to vary. You know, he spent a lot of his time in this game um, alongside Gary Trent Jr. And as I said, he was the highest futures player. So Malachi wasn't um, looking for his offense by himself necessarily, but right now it's a lot about, you know, knowing the system and, and being a game manager, like I said, with Dennis Schroeder, you know, are you maintaining the the pace of the offense, the tempo? Are you making smart decisions? Are you, you know, cutting hard to the basket? Are you making your shots? He shot one of four. He made one um, off uh, Jalen McDaniels, found him off. Uh, he was coming off a stagger screen and uh, he found Malachi. He relocated a little bit towards the wing and he hit a shot. Great shot. Um, but he shot one of four. Can he stabilize that? He did hit a couple of nice shots in the scrimmage. So, you know, sometimes shot goes in, sometimes doesn't. It is what it is, but this is a big moment for for Malachi. I mean, I feel like we've been saying that the past few seasons, but it is a really big moment for Malachi Flynn uh, to prove that he belongs in the NBA. Uh, wrapping up with Grady Dick. So I loved his minutes. Um, I thought they were, they were really solid. Again, it, I said this during Summer League too, that it's just about seeing him continue to evolve and show he belongs at different levels of, of basketball. So he showed it at summer league and in this game, you know, he, he showed how dangerous he can be as a, as a shooter. So he shot one of four, but that one shot he hit, I mean, it was like a very basic dribble handoff with, I believe Marquise Noel. And all Marquise did was walk in front or run in front of Gray's defender. And that's all it took for Gray to get a shot off. It took that little time. And uh, all the shots he took, they were very makeable. 
He shot two of six. Um, he hit this uh, this shot coming off of a a Thad Young screen along the along above the break, and he came off the screen. He took one dribble, and he he hit the shot. Um, it was in the mid range two over Alex Len. He'd also hit the same kind of shot previously, but they call it a double dribble mysteriously. Um, wasn't really a double dribble, but uh, the pace that he plays with is very good. His decision-making is very good. He found Gary Trent Jr. for with a nice pass um, along the wing as well for three. Um, and I, I just like the the intent that he comes off screens. Um, he's ready to shoot at all times. He can get the shot off in a heartbeat. And if not, then he knows where the ball has to go next. Like You can see why the Raptors are so high on him. And you can see why, as I observed, that in the drills during scrimmage um, with the starters, the guys that I had mentioned, OG, Pascal, Jakob, Scotty, and Dennis, Sometimes Pascal was subbing out and they're putting Grady Dick in there to work with them. Um, they want him to be ready to go for this upcoming season. They want to see him have an impact at the NBA level. I wasn't sure if how much time he was going to spend with the, the G League because um, obviously it's good for him. It's good reps and stuff like that. But if they're going to run the same kind of plays for him, but they're going to do it at the NBA level, then I mean, maybe maybe this is it. Maybe he's going to be, you know, staying with the big club. Um, we'll have to see how things go. I mean, this the minute, minute distribution in this one, I mean, it's you can't take everything from it, but um, a lot of the guys, you know, Grady, Muhammadu, Garrett, uh, Joan Freeman Liberty, Marquise Noel, uh, these guys were getting minutes late in the game, and it seemed like it was like a 10-man rotation kind of for the most part um, throughout the game. And then things kind of, you know, opened up a little bit as uh, the game went on in the late third quarter and so forth. But I think they want Grady to be a rotation player um, because they need his three-point shooting. And uh, the plays that they're going to be running for him, you know, pinch posts, don't coming off double staggers, coming off pin downs. Um, these kinds of things, like he's done this stuff already at the college level. It's about acclimating to the NBA level and how fast he can get up to speed with it. That's going to dictate, you know, how many minutes he plays in the NBA. And also, of course, his defense, you know, is he able to be hold his own on, on defense and uh, know the principles, which we'll get to now, right? The defense, because it is obviously very different from what we saw with Nick Nurse. So there isn't as much switching. Um, Darko had mentioned that, that he feels like it's kind of a cop out with, with defense that, you know, you should try and get through the screens and uh, maintain position. And it also keeps, you know, energy up for all, for all the players in those, uh, in those moments. But, you know, I do worry a little bit about screen navigation for a Scotty Barnes, the Pascal Siakam. Usually screen navigation is reserved for some guards because it's easier for them to get around screens, but um, it could be a little bit trickier for, for those guys. But um, you can now also agree that if they are doing their job, you got Yaka Pertl back there, or if not Yaka Pertl, Christian Coloco, hopefully at some point, or maybe it's the pressure of the Chua. Um, it's going to be a, it's pretty going to be pretty hard for a player to get through those. So I think they're banking on, you know, some pretty solid drop coverage. And uh, I think, you know, Yaka Pertl, his footwork, his ability to stifle angles is going to be very useful. And uh, I, I see the vision with that. It seems like deflections are going to be again, um, a, an emphasis for the Raptors along the, with most teams, actually, like most teams want to get a lot of deflections. Um, assistant Vin Bobnani at, uh, at halftime had mentioned that they had 13 deflections in the second quarter, 18 total in the, the first half. So they want that. And I think it's a great indication of aggression of, of, uh, of, you know, stifling a team of getting them out of their actions, their primary actions. And, uh, 
take taking it to them in, in the right way. But at the same time, you could tell that, you know, with the Raptors stunting, they're recovering, they're tagging. Um, they're making sure that they're forcing long passes and long finishes from the spots on the court that they want players shooting from. The corner threes, they were harder to come by. You know, the, the weak side defender, he has a foot in the paint, but as the ball is swinging around to the other corner, he's making his way over there. And um, it's going to be a point of emphasis for them is that they don't want to, you know, allow too many corner threes. And um, with everything that they're doing, it's a much more composed system. They're relying on their length more than they did this past season. Uh, they're going to be probably a, a better defensive rebounding team. Not that they weren't good once, you know, Yaka Pertle got there because they were, but it's going to be an easier way for them to run off misses. If they get the rebound, now they can just go. Now you have four players running out there and they're able to get the, the ball out the floor really quickly. So I think they're going to be a pretty damn good defensive team. I got to say, um, I'm excited to see them on that end of, the, end of the court. It's really coming down to offensively. Are they going to be able to be competent? All right. Can they be a, a top 20 half court offense or something of, of that nature? Because if they are, then, you know, they could be a, an interesting team as the season goes on. But a lot of observations. We are only in one preseason game. We got another one on Sunday. And then uh, there's another one on Tuesday. And then they wrap it up on Friday, I believe, against uh, the Wizards, which will be their final preseason game uh, next next Friday. So hope you enjoy the recap. Thanks so much for listening or watching. And my name's... Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware. I'm with man. Rate, review, subscribe. We'll talk to you soon.